Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about The Twilight Zone Season 1, Episode 19. It's called The Purple Testament. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. And so, it's a war episode. Uh, our main character is a soldier named Phil Raker. And I feel like the name Raker probably stuck out in your mind. <laughs> It's a good name. Um, although he's not the main character, actually. He's the he's the the captain. Uh, the other the guy we actually follow is uh, Fitzgerald. He's Fitz. Yeah, the guy from Bewitched is uh, Riker. Yeah. Um, so this is IMDb letting me down already and putting them in an order that I do not see is uh, <laughs> is the correct order. But I guess he's a bigger star and that's why he's got top billing. Um, yeah. So now this episode is about a soldier who all of a sudden can see who is going to die next he he gets a, mm. a, a he looks at someone's face and he sees like a sort of glimmer of light hit, the, hit their hit their their, their head um not their head their head's their ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're because there's like a glow or something that happens i'm just i'm trying to think of a synonym i've said face like four times or i'm trying to think of a synonym for face give me another word for face <laughs> <laughs> Your kisser. Yeah, I mean, they're in the Phil- Philippines. They're probably nice and tanned. <laughs> Got a good hide going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So, so he he confirms this with himself because they come back at the start of the episode from from a from a mission, and the four that died are the four that he expected to die, and he had it written down. And he mm-hmm. tells his commanding officer, and his commanding officer says, "Nah, you must have written this down after. It must be a coincidence. Or this, whatever." But as the episode goes on, he is convinced time and time again that he is seeing who is going to die. And I don't think it's necessary. Like, immediately, like, and I, yeah, I had seen all season one before, like I've said in the past, but I didn't really remember a lot of the episodes, and I definitely didn't remember this one. But as mm-hmm. soon as the the premise of the episode became clear and and the exposition at the start, I went. Well, clearly the final beat of this episode is him seeing his reflection and seeing his own face with this light on it. That is obviously how this is going to go, because why wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course. I think it was just kind of a, like it was a fine episode, but I maybe it's because I wasn't really all that into it that I didn't speculate about what the future will hold for it. I was thinking like it's awfully similar to The Dead Zone, the Christopher Walken film. Well, he sees how people die. Oh, I've actually seen that movie. Um, yeah. So uh, I know it was a TV he, show. He used to play it on TV all the time. Um, I yeah, I wasn't like a super big fan of this one either. Like, it's not a bad episode necessarily, but it's mm-hmm. not like, really a good episode either. It's kind of, it's kind of lacking like a, a not a twist. I always say a twist because I feel like not everything needs a twist. Not even Twilight Zone does, but no, it's, no, it, it's lacking like a, an actual arc. I feel, I feel like. He doesn't really learn anything or go through like a change because of what his 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 power is. He just kind of it keeps happening until it's him himself. And you know, I I guess the whole point is is that war is awful and people just keep dying and eventually it'll be you. But <laughs> there's there's yeah. no like turning point in and the story. I heard that uh, Rod Serling was in the Philippines during World War Two and did see like his friends die. Mm. So maybe that was like some influence. For this episode, I don't know if he wrote it or not. I can um, tell you, he did. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, clearly, then that's it. I mean, one of the things when you look at old war footage is that they're just, you know, faces. They could be anybody. Um, it's hard to to put a person like in that spot 
in your mind because you just see unknown soldiers just going off to die. Mm. And it is kind of, you know, cool to see. That's why I like war movies. I like seeing things from the soldier's perspective to give these blank faces, like actual character and a life that you can relate to and be like, you know, make their sacrifice mean more. And I think maybe the glowing thing kind of helped with that too. We're just like, oh, this does mean something that he's about to die. Oh. Yeah. I just, I felt like it didn't have much of, otherwise it didn't have a point because it has a point. I mean, the, the point is war is awful and death is awful. <laughs> like, you know, just to put yeah, it Yeah, they so, even say it in there. <laughs> yeah. But like, it doesn't feel like it has like, um, you know, because most Twilight Zone episodes are not even just most, most stories, right? The way a story is normally written is mm-hmm. that a character goes through an arc and learns something about themselves or overcomes something to achieve something. True. And, I mean, that, that can still end with the character dying at the end. For, of course it can. Like, that, that can be a sacrifice. It can be anything. Um, and I'd be fine with this if, it, if like, let's say the, the character's core thing, like his core, like, um, obstacle as a character in this episode was yeah. that he can't accept the possibility that he's going to die. Or, like, he, he can't accept his own fate. So him ultimately deciding to go off quietly and accept it would be kind of his dramatic end point. But I don't never. Mm. I never really got that specifically from him. I, I just got the. No, he, I mean he does try to save people, like when his uh, colonel, is it Colonel Riker who uh, just captain? Like, he I sees think. the glow in his face, Corporal. I don't know. Captain. What, what is it? Captain. Captain. Captain Riker. <laughs> Finally, you made it. <laughs> no, uh, like, yeah. I mean, he does try and save people, but uh, like, I, I just. There's a lack of, like, an actual, like, arc for me in this episode. It feels yeah. just kind of like he does the same thing over and over again. You know, after the, the first group and he tries to explain it to his captain, he's taken to the hospital uh, for a psyche valve, um, and his, his captain's, like, talking to the doctor and be like, well, go on then, is he crazy? Like, what's going on? And he's like, no, nah, I mean, he's healthy as a horse. It, you know, like, he doesn't seem to show any other signs of, of you know, like, any, any like typical illness or anything like that, but... Um, and he visits like the the one survivor of the previous like you know uh, run, and of course he's being nice with them, and he's he's been like, oh you get to go home soon because you're injured and and so on and so on, and then of course he sees the light hit his face, and it's this this shocking thing, and it, it makes him really upset, and then you know we find out very soon that no that's him he's he's dead, um and he has to tell his yeah. captain this. Uh, and of course, then the captain is next because the captain has gone out in this mission. Uh, he's been told to stay behind because he, he basically because of this, because he, he's seen as unfit to actually go into combat. And he tells his captain, "No, I see it in your face." And the captain maintains that he doesn't believe him, and he has to just do what he does. But he leaves his photographs of his family and his his his, his dog tags, his wedding ring. Well, maybe not his dog tags, but his wedding ring for sure. Um, so he he you know, and arguably like he in in some ways has more of a, a story because he does accept his fate and it's kind of uncertain to him still but he like mm-hmm. you know because I, I think most people if you go into like a, a war like this you sort of go in knowing there's a very good chance i'm going to die it could be any day <laughs> yeah. yeah like i could die any day during this war i'll be lucky if i come home and uh, some of the soldiers they do like they ask him like do you see it in me am i is it my time like maybe it would be comforting to know if but, this run you're gonna make it or not yeah uh, well i think i think it wouldn't be i think because because obviously once this comes up and the captain says um no that'd be silly wouldn't it you know that's that's not that's nonsense and if, and you know yeah. fitz agrees with them 
and I think that the, the point, arguably, the episode, and certainly the point of this scene, is that no, we we can't know who's going to live and who's going to die because that would drive us all. If if someone could know, mm-hmm. and you could find out, like you'd become obsessed with is this like you have to not know, so you'll just focus on doing the mission, doing the job, doing whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and if that's the point, then okay, but. The weird thing about about Fitz is the way he dies at the end is that he he's not even got into a mission. He's been driven back to the hospital so he can go home, um, and he sees like the driver that's going to drive him and his own face in the reflection, and they go off and it's and I guess it's maybe meant to be the 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 stark reality of war where no one even is, is knows that he's dead. Like you know the, the the final scene of the episode is like the the soldiers left in the camp, they hear a mine go off. You know, yeah. and I'm not sure if it was, you know, is there an attack? Is it someone stepping in the mine? Is it what? Is it that truck that just left with, with, uh, you know, fits on it? We don't know. Um, yeah. And they just kind of go, well, shrug it off because, you know, we don't have time to deal with it right now. That's war though, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. People die all the time. I mean, would it really matter if you had that ability? Yeah. I, I think it, war zone. it might have worked better if I got more of an emotional connection with Fitz. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of lacking that. I think it was lacking more of a a personal touch because let's say we got to know him for a couple of scenes before he started realizing that he was seeing who was going to live and die. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to um the episode with the the astronauts and they're vanishing one by one. Like, you know, we we got to see him with his friend before he vanished for quite a bit of time. So when he vanished, it, it meant right. something, right? And arguably, that's kind of what the captain's there for, because he, you know, he vanishes, he vanishes quite late in the episode. But we don't, you know, re- immediately he's he's distraught about people who are who are dead and missing. And I think it's hard to get into the emotion of it because this is my thing with with stories that are based on on true stories. I mean, not that this is a true story, but based on a war or based on a real tragedy or or based in a biopic, you know, anything like that, is mm-hmm. that. I fundamentally don't agree with the idea that just because it's based on a real thing and it's happened to real people, that if I'm watching the movie or the TV show, I'm going to care just because it was real. You still have to like do the work to make me care about the character in the context that this is a TV show or this is a movie. You know? Sure. Um, and some people probably think that's cold-hearted, but it just like you know it doesn't matter. I don't care if this was a real person, and in this case, it isn't because it's just you know it's a completely fictional story about a guy you can see yeah but the setting is real yeah the set the setting is obviously based on a a real thing yeah Um, and even the the show opens up with just a bunch of soldiers just coming out of a vehicle and it's just rod serling is talking about like all the faces like the faces of war and uh you you are following like basically two people throughout the episode but it does feel like you're following a whole troop which kind of makes things not so personal yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, war's grey, war's miserable, and there's some great war movies that really get the emotion out of it, but for me, when it doesn't do that, it is just grey and miserable, and I'm just kind of like... And obviously it's black and white, I know, you don't have to tell me that. Like, I'm, I'm not cracking a joke about the fact that it's a black and white, I'm just... You know, the mood's grey and miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I know. So for me, it was a very middle-of-the-road episode. Like, I, I appreciate like how some of the scenes are shot, although... That scene at the start you were talking about with them all getting off the truck one by one. For some reason, mm-hmm. it did this like, dramatic freeze frame on the last person coming off the truck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it, he important? Was he our main guy? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was some other random dude. It, it felt like a really yeah. weird, stylistic choice that the show yeah. 
Like, did you like the reflection in the glass, the broken glass? The multiple... or was it really a reflection? It was just like film over top of it. <laughs> um, I'll let things like that slide. Um, I think it's cute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's got a bit of charm to it because it's like, uh, how do we film all this, all these reflections at the same time? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm okay with that. I, I can live with that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's not a not a great or probably an episode that we'll remember after tonight, but <laughs> it'll. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like fever bad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that our benchmark now? The fevers. The so far, that's our first like turd of an episode. I think where first... we both didn't like it. <laughs> that's the first turd. All right. I'm actually. Me and Connor were kind of stumbled into rating a couple of episodes out of ten on something, and I can't remember what it was. Um. And it's something that might filter into the rest because we've not done it since. Like, there's been several recordings since where we've not done it. But I feel like Twilight Zone is a show where we probably should just rate them episodes out of ten because they're all standalone stories. As you know, as opposed to like a serialized show where it's like, well, it's the middle part of of this kind of thing. Yeah, we we did rate them for a little bit in the beginning. Did we? Mm-hmm. And then dropped out. <laughs> we both just stopped doing it. Hey, we we still have like 150 episodes to go. We can start rating them again. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we got what seventeen left of this season, and then four more seasons. This that... season's so long. <laughs> yeah, and then all this length except season four, which is only half the length because all the episodes are twice as long. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah. So it's eighteen forty minute or forty something minute episodes. Oh, I didn't think I knew that. And then they went back to the half hour format. Yeah, they, they realized that it wasn't a really smart idea. Um uh paging 2019 twilight zone maybe, maybe <laughs> you know rod selling tried it and went you know what this isn't a good format for this show and mm-hmm. maybe people could learn from from his own mistakes you know he he clearly was like you know what this isn't working let's go back to the 25 minute episodes interesting that'd yeah. be fun looking forward to getting to that in the next six seven years however long it takes <laughs> well so it takes a year and well, thirty-six weeks. So it takes about two thirds of a year to get through one season. So someone can work it out. Someone can work out how long it'll take before we get to season four. Um, I feel Probably like around it, two years, yeah. Yeah, some of that. Uh, so anything else to add on this one? I I feel kind of like I'm shortchanging people uh, with, with this, <laughs> but like, oh, there's going to be some just okay ones. Yeah. But don't have a lot to say i guess it's funny well, i say this all the time about movies but like it's much easier to talk about a movie that's terrible and then like dissect why it's terrible than it is to yeah. talk about something that's very middle of the road and you can't well it's middle of the road for this re- well, the reason why it's middle of the road because there's nothing about it that stands out in either direction so it's very hard to kind of talk about mm-hmm. it yet you end up going oh i guess it's okay it's a pretty good impression of connor oh that's having a good day as well um so no i guess that's i guess that's a a short discussion for uh for the purple was it the purple testament yeah the purple testament (laughs) i was like is that a red color some shakespeare play yes yeah because he he quotes it directly doesn't he uh at the end i think rod serling does um so yeah we, we always bring up what the next one's going to be he um 
comes in and tells us about the next one, which is called Elegy. Uh, we're back to having astronauts. Did you recognize the sound of this one? No. No. Uh, I didn't realize it was about astronauts. I thought he said it was about somebody living on Earth, but something's off. No, no. It Just was, like every episode of Twilight Zone. It was, no, he said something. I don't think he said the word astronauts, but he said something about landing on a world that's like Earth, but something's not oh, okay. right. So. Um, here's here's the, the well not the official description imdb is not official it's usually submitted but here's the imdb description for the, the next episode elegy uh three astronauts touch down on an asteroid where they discover a world of people that appear to be frozen in time confused mm. they theorize as to why everyone is motionless until a man springs to life and explains okay another asteroid <laughs> I love old sci-fi. <laughs> as as do I. Um, what what was it about the this the early sixties that everyone like writers seem to think asteroids could have atmospheres <laughs> that we could yeah. we could live on? I, I don't guess know. if we don't know yet, or if we don't yeah. have the internet to check, then we could just make things up. Well, see if you go back and watch the the French short film uh, "A Trip to the Moon" from like nineteen ten, mm-hmm. um, which I actually made a point of watching because I watched the film Hugo, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, which actually ties into it in a, in a way. Um, and, and I love that movie, by the way. I, for me, Hugo Hugo is Scorsese's second best movie behind Taxi Driver, and I will attest to that. I'll, I was so surprised with how much I loved that film. Um, it, was a, it was a love letter to the, the dawn of cinema. I love it. Anyway, um, so Trip to the Moon, like, it's just, you know, it's just about people make, building a rocket and flying to the moon. You know, it's, there's 1910 effects, so it's these, you know, silly like play sets and stuff but you know for, for the time they're doing a bang up job but like what they what they were like theorizing happened on the moon like what the moon was like in that <laughs> short is like just been a, and I, I don't necessarily thought they thought this was real they were just doing a fantasy like oh maybe the moon's like this so we'll do this wacky thing yeah but it's like yeah nowadays people like, no 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 the moon's like this you know cold desolate place with low gravity and you know it's darkness and <laughs> like yeah you know <laughs> it's a rock it's a rock, yeah. We we have a, a thought of what the you know we have an idea. Everyone has an idea what the moon looks it's like. Not made of cheese. There's no moon people living that, underground. That said, the Wallace and Gromit episode where they go to the moon <laughs> to get cheese for the crackers is a is a good episode. It is, yeah. <laughs> I know it well. <laughs> cheese Gromit. I can't do the accent. I wish I could. I wish I could. Um, yeah. How did we talk about Wilson Gromit? Asteroid, that's what it was. Uh, so that is going to be the next episode of Twilight Zone, so you can join us for that. Uh, <laughs> or, or as Rod Serling always says at the end, he's always like, I hope we'll see you then, or, you know, join us for liftoff. Or, you know, he always says something like, please come back <laughs> next week. Please don't let our ratings go. Um, yeah. He always tells you who is going to be starring. Like, he's really excited about it, but they're never names I recognize. Yeah. He did mention the writer, though, because he mentioned Charles Beaumont, and I remember him saying that. Hmm. I wonder if we've had a Beaumont episode before. I think we have. Um, I'm just clicking on his name. Then we had Richard Matheson a couple times. Yeah, I wonder how many Twilight Zone episodes he did. Let's find out. Let's find out. He did 22 episodes of Twilight Zone. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Over several seasons, but yeah, that's that's a decent amount. That's, yeah. So we'll see. That, that's, a, that's a full season of TV in 2019 standards. <laughs> yeah two if you're on netflix yeah yeah or hbo so there you go um that is uh that is uh the purple testament so uh by all means let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below if you want to support us uh financially specifically tara's going to fill you in on those details she's got all the hot scoops 
<laughs> that's right that's right folks <laughs> you can go to our uh, patreon page it's patreon.com slash tv <laughs> you could donate as little as a dollar per month and that dollar gets you these episodes a week early mm. as we were finishing oh, i thought i had time for a drink and i was like no she's got <laughs> she's got a whole other bit to do and now you're just finishing there okay i wanted to stop while you're mid-sip yeah okay um it's just cruel um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to support us uh, by rating the audio podcast version on on your Apple Podcasts or wherever else, you can do that. Now, admittedly, at the time of this going up, the audio feed's pretty new and it's not up to date with this yet. But by the time you hear this on the audio feed, obviously it is here. So, <laughs> um, I, I think I that we even had that. <laughs> yeah, I think I put episode eight up last earlier this week on that, so it's catching up. We're, you know, I'm putting up two or three a week to until it's caught up with the video versions. Um, but uh, yeah, Fuzz in the Zone is the name of the audio Ready? feed. Should you want to go get that instead of the YouTube? Fuzz in the Zone, good name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take credit. Oh, pardon me. So, uh, support us a number of ways. Um, so, yeah, go watch all the stuff we do, listen to other podcasts we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you can check out the horror movie podcast, Screams After Midnight, which I do with Tim. Uh, Timmy V, as, as he's known to the young hip kids. Um, he's a mm-hmm. he's a big fan of Leprechaun 2 and The Boy. And <laughs> I like Leprechaun 2. He's a bit of a character. <laughs> and I'm the, I'm a sensible straight man, of course, in the, in the relationship who, who keeps things on track. <laughs> And tries to talk, have serious intellectual discussions about some uh, horror filmmaking, whilst Tim makes penis jokes or something. I don't know what he does. Uh, but check out if that were true, night. then you wouldn't even watch Leprechaun too. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, Leprechaun Two might be one of the funniest episodes we ever did of that that podcast. <laughs> it's so. pretty good. I have listened to it. Um, Tara, you you promote something. Um, well, if you're into sci-fi, we also do a science fiction podcast called the Ace, the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Um, I don't know how many episodes we've done so far. I guess 13 or 14. Uh, the last one that went public is number 12. Yeah. So you can check that out. There's also the Star Trek podcast, the Star Trek reviews that you guys are doing. I think season two is starting now, so... That'll be exciting. I watched the first... I mean, obviously, I don't know when this will come out in correlation to when that video comes out, but I can tell you that on the day of recording today, I watched the first episode of season two of Star Trek The Next Generation to... What'd you think of the beard? Riker's so much better with the beard. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was in this episode, so she finally popped up. Um, Oh, was she not in season one at all? Not at all, no. This was the first time. Oh wow! Yeah, she, her and her, her, her set that she's in the bar set are all completely new additions for season two. And I did a little bit of research after the fact. They upped the budget per episode for season two because of the response to season one. I guess some people thought it looked too cheap, <laughs> so they they upped the budget a little bit. Yeah, I think it does look good. It looks a lot more like the original series in season one, comparative to the rest of the mm. series, anyway. So yeah, um, well, that's cool. You got Guinan with her big hats. Yeah, she's got yeah, he very got big hats. Riker, he got 10 forward. And uh, you're going to get Dr. Pulaski. Yeah, yeah, we had her in this episode too. Uh, as Tara's dog's... Oh, sorry, Tara's cat. Pardon me. Uh, causing trouble. Uh, I was blaming the dog there. <laughs> Not that I have bias or anything. Um, 
So, yeah, check it out. The main appeal, by the way, for those Star Trek reviews is that me and Connor are seeing it all for the first time. We're working through it all. We, you know, we finished the original series. We're on season two of Next Gen now. Uh, and this is a, a maiden voyage for both of us. So we're having fun speculating and, and chatting about all the, the weird and wacky episodes that pop up. Uh, but that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. And the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Bye.